Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson, certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's hanging out. He's back from Africa. Hey, Al, has your identity ever been stolen? Because I know a lot of people want to be like you, but do you think anyone actually got into your goods and stole something of yours? Uh, only from the standpoint of my um, credit cards. You know, I, I would say, honestly, about every nine months to 12 months, I, there's some kind of fraud, and then I get a new credit card or new debit card. Really? Yes. So in it fact, is- I, I just got one. When I was in Africa, I had this uh, charge from Western Union for $3,150. Well, that was me. Yeah. Oh, it was? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I well, forgot we, to tell you. Well, the police are coming for you because they're tracking it down. Uh, identity theft is a real issue. I mean, we talk it about it quite a bit on this show, especially when it comes to taxes and people filing um, you know, fraudulent tax returns, and that's more and more common. And so uh, we have Matt Davis on the line. Um, Matt and I are going to do a webinar. Uh, it's going to be about 40 minutes long. And we're just going to jam-pack it full of great information for people to be aware of, of what to do if something happens to you, first of all. But I think more importantly, to educate people to figure out, all right, well, there are steps that you can take to help yourself to avoid being a victim of identity theft. So, Maddie, hey, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, hey, Joe, thanks so much for having me. Hey, tell us a little bit about you, about your firm, um, and some of the things that you do to help people out in regards to identity theft. Sure. So the organization I work for is called the Identity Theft Resource Center, and we're a 501c3 nonprofit located right here in San Diego. Uh, and basically what we do is a couple different things. So we focus on consumer education, which is kind of just what you're talking about here, uh, educating the public on various issues related to identity crime, how they can protect themselves, um, you know, what to do, God forbid, if something happens. Uh, and we do that a variety of ways. We do that through a website. We have an app that you can download for free on the Play Store uh, for Android or for uh, the, uh, the Apple phone. Uh, and then we also have a call center to help with uh, not only consumer questions before identity theft, but victim mitigation in the event of an identity theft. What, um, we're going to go through a lot of things in the webinar, Matt and I are, and we're going to go through steps of what you should take. But I kind of want to get in the, the juice here a little bit. So how long have you been doing this, man? And tell some like crazy stories. I mean, what... I mean, because there's a lot of things that can happen, right? And, and some right. people, I mean, they're very tight with their, their information. But still, sure. I mean, the, everything is out on the web. And so we're all, I guess, we could be victims, even though that we are, you know, pretty responsible with our, our own secured information. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, unfortunately, that's just kind of the, the problem with how common our Social Security number and other personal information is. You know, you mentioned Facebook and things like that. Um the worst stories, I mean, <laughs> there's so many. Um, everything from, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt that the victim didn't know about in the, in the form of, you know, mortgages and auto loans to, um, you know, some very scary criminal identity theft where people had actual criminal records or even warrants for their arrest um, that they were completely unaware of. 
um, to, you know, medical identity theft where someone, you know, gets medical services or prescriptions uh, under somebody's name and then they can't get the prescription they need or their medical record is altered. Um, I mean, when I've, I've worked uh, in this industry for about eight years, almost eight years now, um, and I've heard a variety of horror stories, um, and they are all um, emotionally uh, traumatic, and, and they affect uh, you know, a vast array of areas in your life. They prevent you from living a full life in a, in a very tangible way. Hey, when you started, let's say, eight years ago, are you, mm-hmm. I would imagine you're seeing a lot more um, of identity theft um, when it comes uh, to like cyber. Um, everyone's now on Facebook and social media and, and, and yeah. things like that. Um, what are some steps that people can take, just simple steps to help them not to become a victim? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, a big one is is limit the amount of documents, the personal identifying documents that you carry with you on you every day. Um, uh, and still in 2016, we do get a lot of people that call in that, you know, something as simple as misplacing a wallet or a purse and you have your Social Security card or, or birth certificate or some other documentation in it. And now you're a potential, you could be a victim of identity theft. So that's one thing. If you don't need uh, sensitive documents that day, don't carry them on you. Keep them someplace safe in your home. Uh, another thing you can do is just monitor your bank statements and, and occasionally check your credit reports. Uh, most of the studies show us that the longer it takes an identity theft victim to realize that they've been a victim, uh, the worse the damage is, the more time and money they have to spend cleaning it up. So, you know, regularly monitor your bank statements, uh, you know, and you should be checking your credit report at least a few times a year. Um, under federal law, you can check it three times for free, once from each of the three major credit reporting agencies. So that's another thing you could do. Um, shred your mail. Not every piece of junk that you get, but uh, you know, certainly any documentation sent to your house with your Social Security number, bank account information, passport or driver's license information, you know, anything that could be used against you, don't just throw that out because then that goes out to a dumpster on a public piece of property and anybody can look through it. And it does still happen, even though that is sort of a low-tech way that people uh, acquire information. Uh, and then, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, a question for you, because yeah. I'm sure all of us get, like, uh, credit card pre-approvals. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and, you know, you, hey, all you got to do is here's your access code, and then, you, you know, you got $20,000 or whatever it is. I mean, sure. I just pitched those. I probably yeah. should be shredding those, correct? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would I would shred those, yeah. Um, and then there's actually, uh, if you... If you dial uh, 1-888-5-OPT-OUT, so that's 888-567-8688, that's the number where you can get yourself off the list for those pre-approved offers. Um, But certainly, if you are getting those offers and you don't want to take advantage of them, yeah, that's something you should be shredding, absolutely. What's the number again? Sure. So the number is 1-888-5-OPT-OUT. So that's something you can do. Certainly, I would be do- I would be shredding those documents. Anything that could potentially be used to acquire legal services um, after you throw it away. So any information, W-2, bank statements, certainly pre-approved credit card offer. Um, those are things you should be shredding. And then the last thing is secure your phone, your tablet, your computer. Uh, understand that all those pieces, all those hardware pieces of hardware, have uh, lots of sensitive information about you. Um, so make sure, like with your phone, make sure you password protect it. Um, with your computer, make sure your your malware and antivirus programs are up to date. Um, and then have a plan for if you lose or misplace a phone or a tablet, 
Um, most the, most platforms these days, you can download a data wiping program, which will allow you to remotely erase any of your sensitive information in the event uh, that your phone or tablet is lost or stolen. Hey, Matt, I've got a question. We talked at the beginning sure. about... Um, I, I've got about three business accounts and a personal account. It seems like, and each of them have a debit card with a Visa on it. And I would say once a year, one of those is getting hacked, and, and I have to get a new mm-hmm. card. And how are they getting that information, the thieves? It, it's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> there's no specific answer I can really give you. There's a variety of ways they get them, um, from you know uh, cloning apparatuses that just guess at you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of different number combinations until they find one to um, actual devices that they can, um, scanner devices that they can put on ATM machines, they can put on gas station card readers, um, online transactions can be swiped, can be stolen. There's really a variety of ways it happens. Um, So I wouldn't focus on that so much as I would focus, again, on monitoring your bank statements because most major financial institutions have, at least with simple credit card or check card fraud, which is what you're talking about, most major financial institutions have written that up as the cost of doing business. Um, so if you report that theft in a reasonable period of time, you know, usually under 30 days, um, they almost universally will refund your money, send you a new card, um, and cancel the old one. Um, so with that type of stuff, it's just one of those things where as long as you are regularly monitoring your statements, you should be able to catch it in enough time to where at the end of the day, it's going to be a loss for your financial institution and not a loss for you personally. We're talking to Matt Davis. He is joining me um, on a webinar that we're going to do here May 17th. Uh, and he works with the Identity Theft Resource Center uh, right here in San Diego. It's a nonprofit organization where you can get free advice um, if you will ever fall victim um, to identity theft. Uh, So Matt and I are going to spend an hour with you uh, via webinar uh, to arm you to make sure that we can help protect you in any way that we can. How you register for the webinar, you can go to our website at purefinancial.com slash identity. That's purefinancial.com slash identity. Or you can call this number right now, 888-994-6200. Five seven. That's eight 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 nine nine four six two five seven. All you got to do is register for the webinar. Then you will get it on demand. We can you can do it with us May seventeenth. I believe we're doing it at ten thirty in the morning. Um, or all you have to do is register, and we will send you a copy, a pre or a recorded copy of the webinar. So uh, join us here May seventeenth. Pretty excited about it, Matt. Um, thank you so much. You do such great work. Um, and, uh, yeah, I fell victim a couple of times to identity theft. And, uh, you know what? It is a pain uh, to just, um, you know, just simple things of, hey, you wrote a check to Kroger's for $200 in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, it's just like, well, what? I haven't been in Atlanta, Georgia since 1998, you know? Um, so, <laughs> they, held, they held the check a long time. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes, they did. I don't know what they bought, $200 worth of groceries. Uh, but, Matt, I'm excited. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, and um, I look forward to doing the webinar here in the next uh, week or so. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And where can um, people get information right now if they need to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can call us toll-free at the phone number. Our, call, our toll-free hotline is one 888 or you can visit our website, which is www.idtheftcenter, spelled out, .org, .org. 
idtheftcenter.org. All right, great. Uh, we will talk to you uh, in uh, the May 17th. So hopefully everyone can join us um, on that webinar. Not I suppose not everyone. There's only 15 people listening. So, I mean, I guess it won't be that. <laughs> everyone <far>. that's listening. <laughs> everyone that's listening. So you just don't jotted it down. So you just don't blow up the server. So, <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, on May 17th. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm with Big Al Clopine. Thanks for tuning in. We had uh, Matt Davis. We did, and talking about identity theft. And uh, unfortunately, it's something that we all need to learn more about because it's it seems to be a fact of life now that we're a much more digital society. Did, you, did, did I ever tell you the story of what happened to me? No. Well, you probably did, but there's, I forgot. There's two instances. One, when, oh, is this um, the one about your friend? There's that one. The yeah. first one happened. Well, he wasn't my friend. Well, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, he stole your name. <laughs> so the first instance was um, graduated college, University of Florida. Okay, and then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Right, right, and I lived in Atlanta for maybe a year. Right, and thought I was going to get married to my um, college girlfriend. Right. And so she moves on. I'm telling you, I lived in in efficiency in downtown, like in Midtown, right? Not a very good area in Atlanta. Okay, I see. Bear, and um, it was probably 400 square foot. It's awful. Okay. And so I go to the bank to get new checks. And this is in the 90s. Remember when you put your social security card and your driver's license and all this crap on your checkbook, on your checks? Yeah, right. So... <laughs> I order some checks, and right. they send the checks to the building, but they go to the wrong apartment number. Mm. So I get a phone call, and it was like, hi, is this um, Mr. Anderson? And I said, yes. And then they're like, we have your checkbooks. And then, ha, 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 laughing. And then they hang up. Really? And oh. I was like, well, oh, that's my. interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I called the bank. and said, hey, I think you sent your checks to the wrong you know, whatever, I haven't got them, and I got this weird phone call. Yeah. They wrote checks and got duplicate checks and wrote checks for years, it seemed like. <laughs> All over the South. Tennessee, Atlanta, uh, Florida. Yeah. Yes, like to grocery stores. Right. And then they got an ID, uh, Joe Anderson on it. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, that's that's pretty major. Yeah, so it blew my, it blew my credit up. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know really what was going on. For years later, right? Yeah. And so I get these notices saying, you know, unpaid debt and oh, this no and that, and bounce checks and wow. And it's like what? I, I remember I tried to um, buy a new car and they're like, no, your credit's out. And I was like, what the what? heck? Yeah, what? Yeah. And wow. then the, the other guy, so my this neighbor kid, right? That yeah. I've known since we knew each other like two years old. Okay. Right? Same age, okay. same um, grades and everything else. So we were good friends in elementary school. Right, and then once we hit junior high, he kind of took a path, and I took a different path. His was a little bit darker, mine was a little bit lighter. Okay, and he got into drugs and alcohol and all sorts of crazy stuff. Right, right. DUIs, and he got married to this crazy lady that's uh, whatever, and domestic abuse and oh, all sorts of stuff. Right, so it was like his fifth DUI, okay. and he's uh, so he's like, oh man, I'm gonna go to jail for sure. Right. And so they're like, well, I, he was like, I don't have my license. What's your name? Joseph Anderson. 
Oh, no. Well, where do you live? And he knows my at my parents' address. So he he didn't. Yes, he did. I live at thirty nine thirty seven Halifax. Yeah. What's your date of birth? He knows my date of birth. <laughs> he knew everything about me. He knew my parents' names. Oh boy. My brothers' names. Wow. My middle. I mean, right? Yeah. He he knew everything but my social security number. Right. So, and I had no idea he did this. Yeah. And then when um, where Al and I first met at the mothership, we call it at a prior firm. And so I get hired, right? And they're going through background checks, right? So because we work in the securities right. industry. We deal with people's wealth. Oh, there was a DUI in oh, Minnesota. No. So I get a call, and I was supposed to start on Monday. They were like, hey, um, Mr. Anderson, can you come into the office um, You know, anytime this week? And I was like, sure. I don't start till next Monday, though, right? Well, yeah, can you just come in? I said, sure. So I sit down in the office. And uh, there's like a team of five people, right? They're like, well, we're, we're concerned. Who are you? I'm like, what do you mean, who am I? Well, what's this deal? Oh, you have this DUI here, this DUI there, and domestic abuse, and you've been arrested. I was like, what are you? I've never been arrested in my life. I got a parking ticket, you know? It's a rap sheet. My alias was Theodore Hagen. Who's Theodore Hagen? I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. And then I had to go to the FBI. Oh, boy. I had to get fingerprinted. I had, oh, just a awful, awful wow. experience. <laughs> You've had it twice. Twice. Wow. Yes. Mine seem minor compared to that. Yeah. Someone's, I mean, yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, you go through a background check, you're starting a new job. Right. And then they, they think you're you like, you, they think you're like some vagrant criminal. <laughs> I'm like, let's take abuse, DUIs. Yes, I'm like, oh, so you got six DUIs, huh? <laughs> I asked you if you had anything on your record, and you said no. And you said no. Clearly, so you're not. Clearly, you no you integrity. Are not fit. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah, my my deal was I just uh, uh, just like uh, Matt Davis said to check your bank information, and I do every day, if not every other day. I, I've got a little app on my phone. I can check my bank statements, and and so I and and so I or you know activity, and so if something weird happens, I know right away. And I saw that. Western Union, $3,150 was deducted, and I didn't authorize that. And so I'm in Kenya calling my bank, you know, and I don't know how to do that. you got to do the, the code, and I couldn't figure it out on the hotel phone, and so I got the operator. Well, they didn't really know how to do it either, so I finally figured it out on my cell phone. <laughs> but um, and of all things, it was like a really long wait. It probably cost me 20 bucks a minute. I have You're no idea. Right. I haven't got the bill yet. <laughs> Please hold. I'm in Kenya. I'm in the bush. <laughs> I may lose the connection. Yes. I need to talk to somebody right, right. away. Um, please hold, sir. But I got this really nice lady, and she said, we'll take care of it. And they sent me a fraud form. And, and but Hey, where do I fax this? Um, well, you'll see a giraffe. <laughs> I'm eight clicks from, from the school I don't, I don't, of hippos. I don't have a fax machine. <laughs> Can you get it some other way? <laughs> can, can you hear? A, there's a there's a vulture. <laughs> Tie it to the foot and see if the vulture can yeah, make it over the sea. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so we're doing a full webinar. I mean, I'm, 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 this is really serious because it blew my life up a little bit. It was awful. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, I mean, it it, it just can really do a lot of damage. So learn to protect yourself. We're having this webinar. Coming up here on the 17th of May, love to have you. Um, it's at 10.30 a.m. Go to purefinancial.com slash identity, uh, purefinancial.com slash identity, 
uh, to sign up for the webinar. You don't have to watch it live. As long as you sign up for the webinar, we will send it to you, or we'll give you, I guess, a link. I don't know how the technology works, but we'll give you a link where you can watch the replay of the webinar. Uh, so purefinancial.com forward slash identity, um, or you can call 888-994-6257, Just leave a message, say yes, you would like to sign up for the identity theft webinar coming up on May 17th. So, all right, we got to take another break. Um, if you're shacking up with someone, I got four rules for you. Really? Yes. Shacking okay. up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How about that for a tease? <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a second. Show's got your money, your wealth. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, here for another, what, half an hour. And interesting, interesting statistic here. You're never too old to shack up, Al. Is that right? Well, I suppose, huh? A growing number of grown-up lovebirds are living together without the benefit of marriage. Now, is that uh, companionship, or is that finances, or maybe both, huh? In 2014, for example, 900,000 women ages 55 and over lived with their male partner. Really? Reports uh, the Census Bureau up from 372,000 10 years earlier. Okay. So about 375, now almost a mil. Almost a mil. Are now shacking up. They are not getting married. So with that, there's difficulties in financial planning. It does make it more difficult because you think about if you're married, there's certain marital benefits. First of all, you can file a joint tax return and have be in a lower tax bracket. Uh, in Social Security, if one spouse passes, then the higher the two benefits uh, you get to keep. And, and in some cases, retirement plans have survivor benefits. And so none of that's really true, is it? No, and then and then you have certain because I work with and, and so do you of course um, with I, this is a lot more common. It, it is. Is that no, we're not married, but we're we share everything, kind of. Yeah. So I got some money. She's got some money. Then we got our joint account. Right, and it's like, all right. Well, do you want to do this planning together? You know, they'll look at each other. Yes, we want to do this planning together. Of course, we're. I mean, we're, we're we've been together for twenty years. We just we're not, we're never going to get married. I said okay. So one example was that they bought a house together and they were going to split the mortgage, right? So he made a lot more money than she did, okay? And then she retired, right? And so he paid off his portion of the house. She's pulling out monies from her four hundred one k plan to pay off her mortgage. Right. He's got plenty of assets that um, outside of the retirement account that he could use then to pay off the mortgage to not have such a huge tax burden. Right. And so now since she was retired, we're like, well, here, well, he's working. There's income there. You could do Roth conversions, convert a lot of your IRA, you know, IRAs to Roths, and pay very little taxes on it. Right, live off of that income, and then now you'll have this Roth income to live off of later that will be tax free. Right? They looked at each other, and then she's like, "Oh, that sounds like a great idea." Yep, uh, I don't think so. 
No, she's got to pay that more, right? So it's not wow. really together. Yes. Yeah. And then you look at okay, well, no, we're living. Um, I have another instance where they're living in, um, her house. Okay, and he's got a place, but he's renting that out, right? And it's like okay, well, here we're gonna sell my place at some point, and we're gonna stay here. It's a you know million and a half place, you know, the beautiful you know views and everything. Right. It's like okay, well, how about if she dies? Then what happens? Because she's got kids. And then she's like, well, yeah, we talked about it. He's got three years to get out. <laughs> three years to get out. And I'm like, Dude, how many of you are 78 years old? You already <laughs> sold your house. Now you're you're moving. Right? Oh, you're picking boy. up your stuff, and then you're moving. So w- w- when you look at this type of planning, I mean, it can be done, but there's got to be a lot more communication involved. Well, because as right. you're accumulating wealth together, right, that's fine. Hey, I'm working, she's working, um, he's working, she, whatever, right? You, you're saving into your 401k plans, IRAs, everything else. But then once you retire, right, now you got to create retirement income from the overall sources. And all right, well, maybe one person has a lot larger income and saved a lot more than the other person. So, all right, well, you want to go to an African safari. Well, I can't afford that. Well, I can. Well, here, why not? I'll give you a loan, honey. <laughs> I'm going to you know, charge you 8% interest. Yeah, I think you are right, Joe. There is, you can plan for it, but there is more communication, and it's, it's a lot trickier. And, boy, I, I, I've had a, a lot of couples like that uh, that will actually, you know, straight face. They'll sit there, and they'll look at me and say, now, Al, should we get married for tax purposes? I mean, they've been together for 20 years. No intention of ever marrying. And then they say, if you tell me we should get married, we'll get married. I'm thinking, really, that's that's how you go into a wedding? That's and, love. <laughs> that's love. And then another case. This was about 10 years ago. You might remember this, Joe. This is one of our uh, prior clients from the, from our prior, the mothership, as you say, <laughs> this other firm. And he, he, he was, I saw him at a seminar. And he comes over to me, sits next to me, and he kind of leans over. He goes, Al, I got to. I want to talk to you real quietly. I go, what's what's up? He goes, I I could be married. <laughs> Is that an advantage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for like years he's like, no, I'm not married. Never married. No, yeah. never married. And then all of a sudden, well, are you? Well, don't don't tell Joe. But yeah, I'm married. <laughs> well, I mean, but... <laughs> why would he want to tell me? It's so stupid. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yes. So there's um, so you got some tips for us. If well, no, if... there's just some advanced planning um, type things that you can do, such okay. as like a life estate, for instance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what that means is that let's say that you own the house and you have your significant other that's shacking up with you. Right? Okay. But you have kids or you have other beneficiaries that is not going to go to your significant other. You want your house to go to the kids. Right. So let's say, God forbid, you prematurely die, and then the spouse is like, all right, are you going to kick or kick the significant other out? Sure, sure. No, there's something that's called a life estate if you wanted to do this. Sure. All that means is that now like, you have to set up a trust for this. But then in trust, it will say so-and-so can live in the house under certain stipulations that you can put in. Right for a certain men, a number of years, or until that person's life, and then when that person dies, then the house goes to the kids. Right, right, things like that. There's also other things that you can set up where it's like, okay, well, here I'm going to put a, a bag full of money, right, in another set up a trust to give the surviving significant other girlfriend, boyfriend, um, a potential um, income stream. 
right? And then over certain uh, time frames or stipulations, and then when that, um, and then when he or she passes, then that bag of money goes to the kid. So you can split it out and say, all right, well, if I die, what do you have? Okay, you have X, Y, and Z. You want to maintain this lifestyle that is probably going to need another $2,000 a month. Right. Or maybe another three thousand dollars a month, whatever that is. Do some planning there and saying, all right, well, if you need twenty four thousand dollars a year, I'm going to set aside this, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars for you in trust. You can take income from that overall trust to provide your lifestyle. But everything else then is going to go to my kids when I die. So maybe you have uh, the the home, your 401ks and everything else, but then you just set aside a certain amount of um, cash for that person and then they take income from it. And then when they pass then, or if they, you know, um, do something that would, um, you know, inhibit the rules of the trust that you right. lay out. Yeah. So, th- so the point is there's things that you can do and, and, but I, I will say, Joe, even some of these things that you can do, like even, even married couples, maybe they have blended families. And so the one, one spouse dies. And so the assets go to an AB trust. And that's usually what you want to do because then the B trust, which is the decedent, well, those assets will go to his or her kids, and the survivor's trust is the other half, the A trust. Well, that that goes to the survivor's kids, and they they're different kids. But the the, the problem is the survivor, although it doesn't have access of the assets. Uh, in the B trust, they have access to the income, and it may cause them to invest a little bit differently, contrary to the wishes of the of the future beneficiaries. Because if you don't have the assets, but do have the income, it's going to favor having really high income assets, but not favor growth. And so sometimes you can end up in situations where you're these blended families. They they start hating each other because they have different competing goals. Right, right, and so that's why planning documentation, um, everything you possibly can think of. You just want to have some communication and some clarity, Mm. right? I agree. You know, I think clarity works out. uh, And then so there's no surprises. The last thing that you want to do is have some surprise. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll be back in a second. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth, right here on AM760 KFMB. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine, thanks for tuning in. Wrapping things up here on a Saturday. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. You can always pick up the show on iTunes, uh, listen to the podcast, write a review if you'd like. Um, for some reason, if you write a review, I guess more people can have access to the podcast. Just learning all this stuff out. Oh, well, I've never heard that, but I suppose uh, maybe you want to qualify that. If you like the show, write a review. You know, if you don't like the show, write a review anyway. <laughs> really? I've, yes. I, I went to therapy after that bad review we, we got. And is that, that's the one where he said we sold out? Sold out. Joe yeah. and Al were the best things ever. Sold yeah. out to the yeah. man. Yeah. I'm like, right. how the hell did I sell out to the man? <laughs> Who, who's the man, anyway? I don't know who the man is. <laughs> I sold out to the woman. Yeah, you yeah. did sell out to the man. Ugh. Well, then I got I got one from, uh, um, yeah, he thought I was dissing CPAs. Well, you are. Yeah. You are a CPA. You're dissing yourself. I suppose. Dissing? Is that what he said? Dissing? Yeah. What? Who says dissing? He did. <laughs> hey, y'all. I don't like you dissing. <laughs> oh, whatever. No, can't please everyone. No, apparently not. 
Um, so what do you what do you got? It's, it's baseball season now. True. The Mets. Our, our Padres are uh, not doing so well. It's early. It's early. True. There's a lot of time to make up of, some ground. A lot of time. Um, yeah, the Mets are in town. Going to the game tomorrow. You are. Okay. I believe I am, yes. Okay, good. Um, three retirement heirs that can crush your gains. See how the little... T- see the Crush. Little, yeah. Yes. Crush and heirs. Yes. Yeah. Baseball terms. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty clever. Yeah. That's pretty Mitch Tunham for you. Stayed, <laughs> stayed up all night on that one. No, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it from oh. <laughs> Market Watch. Got it. Okay. So there are many mistakes you can make as a retirement investor. All right. We know, true. But yeah. I want to focus on three retirement errors investors make all the time. Just three mental errors uh, can hurt your long-term retirement goals. And, you know, there's a lot now talking with this. I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent. I don't care. Okay. Um, with the um, fiduciary standard and all of this and fees and cost. And, yes, all right, I agree with all of that. You want to mitigate your fees as much as you can. But fees aren't the end-all, be-all. We charge a fee to our clients. But if they don't, if let's say if they didn't pay us a fee, they're st- it's still going to cost them something. And mm-hmm. it's probably going to cost them a lot more than our fee. Right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would. We could say, all right, well, here, get your, um, here's a um, here's your index funds and invest. You're paying 0.07%, right? Sure. Okay. But what happens when the emotions take over? Yeah. Rebalancing, tax managing, yeah, trading we, income. And th- you know, there's, know. there's errors and mistakes that people make all the time that cost them thousands. Yeah, I mean, just the emotional part. We just, we just on our TV show, we talked about the Dalbar study. The last 20 years, the average return in the S&P 500 is just under 10%. The average investor made about 2.5%. And that's because why? We're getting in and out of the market at the wrong times. And you know what? If you pay an advisor a fee to keep you in your seat, that might be a pretty good idea. Behavior finance experts talk about loss aversion, the mental air we make where fear of losing money greatly overpowers our desire to make money, right? So we're twice as fearful to lose money than we are to make money. So for retirement investors, loss aversions happens in large part because we feel like our retirement money is all our money. People nearing retirement often don't take the steps to reduce debts and increase cash in orders um, in ordinary savings accounts. If you think you're one bad trade short of being broke, your fear of an investment loss naturally is magnified. Sure. All right. So here's the fix, Al. Okay. Uh, it might be obvious. But you have no business running up credit card debts and operating your financial life paycheck to paycheck. It's crucial to save for retirement, but equally important to enter retirement debt-free. Get your house in order first. Like it. That's what uh, Mitch Tunham says from Market Watch. We kind of talked about that a little bit on our radio or on our TV show. We did talk about that, yes. So here's another one. Um, Sunk cost fallacy. Ever heard of that? Sunk cost fallacy. Um, Part of what drives loss aversion is this sunk cost fallacy. Imagine you buy a cheap but non-refundable airplane ticket to a beach town. Okay. Okay. The weekend you travel comes up, but you don't really want to go. Weather's like terrible, hurricane's coming, right? You're feeling sick, whatever it is. Sure. You don't want to go. You're like, I really don't want to go. Have you ever had this experience? Uh, not to a beach town. Or let's say you you get a t- you buy a non-refundable ticket to the Padre game. 
Here yes. you go, Sunday. You're like, you know what? I really don't want to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I have had that experience. Okay? But what do you do? You go anyway. Of course, because it's a sunk cost. Right? You go anyway because you don't want to waste the ticket. So you have a bad weekend and waste your time instead. <laughs> or maybe you you didn't want to go, but you went and you, you had a good time anyway. See, that's a, that's a glass half full. <laughs> that's right. I like that, Al. That's the way I'd look at it. I didn't really want to go to that Padre game, but heck if we didn't win. You know what? I went and I had about four beers. <laughs> and after that fourth beer, I didn't care. I was good. <laughs> I was good. I didn't care I what did, happened. I didn't care. I was with my Aunt Mabel. <laughs> Oh, so retirement investors go to both extremes on this problem. Steen and investments they have come to love for past good performance or avoiding investing because they think some event is going to change condition, conditions, such as an election or random calendar date. Uh, so either way, you can easily lose big money, right? So that sure. sunk cost fallacy, okay. and then you're looking at, hey, you know, we extrapolate what's going on now into the future. So okay. staying invested, rebalancing, tax managing, and uh, managing your overall portfolio towards your specific goals, dreams, and wants is really the key answer there. Okay. Sometimes easier said than done. Oh, all the time. <laughs> I'm just reading an article. Uh, I'm on the radio. <laughs> just That's freedom, true. I guess. <laughs> Hey, did you know, uh, of course, Prince died uh, a few weeks ago. And do you know there's some other famous people that uh, have died without a will? Prince didn't have a will, by the way. Yes, I know that. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to name a few names. Sonny Bono. Remember him? Yeah, he Sonny hit a tree, right? Um, skiing. Yeah, he sure did. No, no John will. Denver died skiing too, right? No, plane crash. Plane crash, okay. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, no will. Really? Yeah. So uh, his estate was later divided between his wife he and two children. He was an attorney children. too. Yeah, you would think, right? right? Yeah, but Jimi Hendrix, I, I get that one. He was young. 16 or something. Yeah. How old was he when he died? He was 27, 20 I think. Yeah. Uh, Howard Hughes. Now, that's a weird one. Well, he was a weird man. Well, true. <laughs> Have you ever seen he that died. movie, Aviator? Or a Aviator? Uh, yes, Aviator. Aviator, yeah, Aviator. <laughs> Whatever. Aviator. Aviator. a <laughs> <laughs> different kind of alligator. <laughs> Navigator, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about. That was a good one. Okay. Well, because that movie freaked me out so much. It gave me like terrible anxiety. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, that's too bad. Amy Winehouse. Yeah, Amy Winehouse. She's, she's young. Bob Marley. That's kind of surprising because he knew he had cancer. Huh. And, um,. He had court battles went on for years after his death in 1981. Wow. So, anyway, did, did here's some... the moral of that story is at least get a will, if not a trust. <laughs> yeah, simple estate planning goes a long, long way. You know, just documenting everything that you need um, so there's no arguments, there's no fights, there's nothing like that. If you need help, you can always go to purefinancial.com. We can help you with anything um, in regards to your overall financial life, taxes, estate planning, financial planning, investments. Uh, we're here to help you. Uh, that's it for us. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Go to the podcast. Go to our webinar coming up here uh, May 17th, Identity Theft. Go to purefinancial.com slash identity, or you could call the number 888-994-6257. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. We'll see you again next week. Same time, same place. For Big L Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. show's called Your Money, 
and it's your wealth.